What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Hi, Tim. The new face of video games, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Hi, Tim. And the former and former Imran Khan. Tim, hi. I oh, am very different. <laughs> excited about this episode, everybody. It is Kind of Funny's Game of the Year 2020 edition of the Kind of Funny Games cast. We have had five Game of the Years previously, which is insane to think about, Greg. Checks out. Yeah, the checks and out. They are. Starting uh, <laughs> in 2015. Uncharted 4. 2016. Wait, hold on. Uh, oh, wait, no. 2016 Solid, would have been Uncharted 4. 5. Yeah, we did. That, yeah, Uncharted 4. 2017. Breath of the Wild. Probably. That checks out. That tracks. That it tracks. was either that or Horizon. I forget which one y'all chose. It was Breath of the Wild. Uh, it must have been. It must have been. Breath, Breath of the Wild. 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Got 2018. Yeah, God of War. Oh, it would have had to be God of War. 2019. Jedi Fallen Order. Yep. Yeah. And here we are in 2020. What will happen? We'll have to find out. I can't fucking through. wait because Imran Khan, January 11th, 6.08 p.m. Yo, I'm going to start some shit on Gamescast tomorrow. If he put Last of Us Part 2 at number 10 just to fuck the points, I'm going to well, kill this kid. So here's the thing, everybody. We're doing it very different than we've ever done before, and I think that it's going to be the best method that we've ever done before because this is the kind of funny Gamescast. Each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. You can watch the show live as it's being recorded, and you also get the show at free with the exclusive post show by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like our patreon producers james hastings sancho west gaming and julian the gluten-free gamer have done we appreciate them all very much if you don't want to do any of that that's fine youtube.com slash kind of funny games is where you want to be you can also listen to it as a podcast just search for kind of funny games cast if you like rooster teeth guess what on roosterteeth.com we're there in video form too we like to be everywhere including new youtube channels youtube.com slash kind of funny plays is our brand new youtube channel thank you all for subscribing so far uh we already have like four thousand subscribers I'm like that's pretty cool uh, where all of our twitch stream archives will go so people that aren't able to watch live will be able to watch later thank you all for the support everywhere we appreciate you enough of all of this it is time to get into it here is how we're going to do it this year gentlemen barrett has been given the list of each one of our top tens he has organized it by points it's all weighted where you know you get the, the 10 points if it's your number one yep. you get the one point if it's your number 10 yep whatever game has the most points will be crowned the kind of funny game of the year 2020 and so these are all secret ballots nobody knows yeah. only barrett mm -hmm. yeah only i know and uh like i was telling uh blessing and imran earlier today like because y'all's uh, each separate top tens were so different, like this made like a very like I thought this top ten list was going to be a shit show, but I think at the end of the day, it's a, it's going to be a pretty solid one. But I mean, first one to five Royal one. Let's go, baby. No, even, <laughs> even, even, no, even with my uh, crazy biases again, like uh, four persona, like I think it's a overall pretty solid top ten list. I'm interested to see what the back five look like. You know, uh -huh. I mean, I mean, I'm interested overall to see what wins and everything else. But I feel like the back five were where I was just moving things around, kind of not mm -hmm. indiscriminately, but like oh, on this day I could see this above. No, this yeah. one, you know, moving everything around. And it, well, so that was that what we got going here is uh, what we're going to do is we're going to start with the honorable mentions. Honorable mentions this year will be the games that uh, did not make the top ten that we 
any of us put on our list and we'll just like kind of okay. talk about those real quick then we'll get into the top 10 and bear will reveal to us live for the first time the order from 10 all the way up to one but before we even get into that i do want to go around and ask everybody what the strategy was in in, in doing this because i just want to start this off by saying god damn it are you we, we gotta acknowledge something's going on right now no no we're not right a classic now. family imran all right this, I mean, this, get out of here you're, you're Did, i don't know what you're talking about greg miller Get out of here. That's disgusting. <laughs> Let me enlarge this. Vlasic's gross to begin with, but I want to see what... Oh, he's drinking oh, it too! Oh. <laughs> my strategy was to just go in and be be true to my heart and be real. Don't think about the meta game here. Don't try to mess you guys all up. I was like, I'm making my top 10 list to be exactly what I think it should be. I fucking love and you. And I'm not... Ron. Yeah. <laughs> Vlasic, what did you do? Uh, I mean, I pretty much went with my heart for the most part. Like, I, I, I didn't really try to, like, game the system in any sort of way. I figured I'd just give an honest top 10, with the exception of, like, certain games where I was like, all right, this is very much a me pick that nobody else is going to pick, and so I'm going to leave this out. And so, like, Manifold Garden was one of my picks, and that's a game that technically came, out, technically came out in 2019, came out on PlayStation in 2020. And so, like, if I was doing just a blessing top 10 2020 game of the year, it'd be in there but i figured for games cast like i wouldn't need to necessarily include that because one what are the chances of it popping up and then two do i consider it like a kind of funny game of the year or like top 10 game of the year versus just a blessing i didn't one and so games like that i left off but overall like i didn't really try to game the system too much outside of being 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 true to what i think kind of funniest game of the year looks like greg miller uh yeah i took this as more um I mean, obviously, there's no uh, impartial or whatever. I took this more, this list, very, this top 10, very much like I would have taken my IGN top 10 voting, where it was like, what do I think was the game? What are the games that best summed up 2020? What are the games I thought that left a huge impact on me in 2020? Like, it, what I mean by that is that, you know, when I do my giant bomb list, uh, that's always like, me talking about my favorite games of the year like spoiler alerts like avengers is going to be on my giant bomb top 10 list avengers is not on my top 10 what could be possible game of the year votes for uh games cast imran the dawn what shit are you starting where'd you put genshin impact <laughs> it's on there uh oh, i so know it would be <laughs> i i for the most part, I went with the most surprising games of the year. Games I was like, I'm not positive I'm going to like this, but then I ended up actually liking it. But I was thinking for quite a while, like, how much politicking do I need to do for the top two? Because I figure, Final Fantasy VII, I, can, I understand reasonably where that game might be on Tim and Blessing's list. But Greg was the wild card. So I didn't know, like, maybe I should have put that at one to, like overcome all this stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but no at the end of the day i went with like i went with the games that i actually legitimately thought for like my 10 best game of the year so my list is identical to the giant bomb list that's coming out that i put on time and greg apparently put very late yeah but i'm still getting in there in your face Imran. <laughs> i like your, your subreddit comment of like am i about to be the only kind of funny giant bombs uh i i want to say real quick too like i didn't i i'm in the same vein of like i thought about it of like where you, you get that headspace of like where's tim gonna put this or where's blessing gonna put this for the points and stuff like that but in the long and short of it i feel like for all the real runners that i think we all are gonna have on our list that are gonna be there like i think you can't go wrong this year for game of the year Absolutely. like you know what i mean totally. like for sure i i mean mine's last of us but like if if the last of us isn't the kind of funny game of the year i totally get it and there's like three or four other games that i just glance at my list and i'm like yep i i got starbucks this morning and i i was driving back starbucks. home starbucks uh and as i was driving home i i had the same thought in just did where i was like holy shit 
Imran might make it so the Final Fantasy VII remake fucking wins kind of funniest game of the year. And I would not be mad at it, everybody. But let's get into it right now. The honorable mentions. These are the games that did not make the top 10 because they were all on one of our lists, at least. But they did not get enough points to crack into the best of the best. The first one is Streets of Rage. Must have oh, been yeah. an Imran pick. That was definitely on mine. Like... That was one of the games that surprised the hell out of me this year because I, I think I just uh, it was like right as quarantine began or something. I was like, I don't really have a lot to play, and they, uh, Devolver or somebody sent me a code, and I was like, oh shit, this game's great. I, I think I put, ended up putting like thirty five to forty hours wow. into a game that is like a one hour run each time, <laughs> and like. It, it's one of those games where the platinum just straight up broke me because it's like S rank on every level on hard, which is just complete bullshit. But yeah, that game is the art is really good, the music's really good, the gameplay is really good. It's going to be one of the like most slept on titles of the year, no doubt. The next one is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Remake. Oh. I I knew I was going to be the only one putting it on. And this is one that I I probably should have politics a little bit better because I had a moment where I'm like it's really close between this and Crash 4. And I was like, but which one would I put higher? And I put Tony Hawk higher even though I knew that there was a chance Crash might be on someone else's list. Was it, Greg? I did not put Crash on my list, no. Okay, okay. So I, it wouldn't have mattered either way. It, but yeah, it was both on Crash my 4. personal list, Tim. Just to... Thank you, Barrett. Yeah. Crash 4 is fantastic. <laughs> it's great. Way better than it has any right to be. Uh, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remake is just, it is just proof to me that old can be new again and that there are some classic games that actually are just as good now and they do just need a, a new coat of paint to be able to, to rival you know current modern games coming out the next one is cyberpunk 2070 wow Ooh. that's one that i had on my list yeah that's and like that blessing was like... you were the only one who put cyberpunk really yep that surprised me well actually it doesn't surprise me it's a it's a messy game um but yeah like overall it definitely i think secured a spot on my list for the reasons that i've obviously talked about on, re- on reviews and different content like I really enjoyed my time with that game, despite like a lot of issues that accompany it. Uh, I thought the world was really cool to to get lost in. I really liked the characters. I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed the gameplay. Like, uh, that's a game that I hope to see more of. I hope they iterate on it and continue to improve it and like make it better and better. Because in a world where Cyber- Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven ended up being the game that it should have been if it came out completed and wonderful it could have easily secured a spot in my top three or two or one. Um, but even without that, like, you know, being in my, being in my top 10, uh, it still got that spot because I think regardless is still such a great game. Dreams. Another blessing. Oh, no! <laughs> no, I, I actually, I don't think I had that in my, my top yeah, 10. Greg was the only person who voted for dreams. Yeah. I had it at eight. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked dreams. To, no, I, I, in the beginning, we talked dreams to death. And then for PS I Love You's uh, underrated awards at the end of the year, we talked about how it's criminally underrated and underplayed. And that even, I think, includes me and includes Blessing for people who obviously our jobs are to play a million different things. So you get pushed off and you can't get back to things all the time. Uh, but dreams is incredible, right? Like the, the creativity in that, the uh, uh, amount of amazing shit people have been making and continue to make and the community they've built around it, the tools there, I think, yeah, they're intimidating, but if you want to commit to it, you can do stuff. And I think, uh, you know, it's the evolution of uh, play, create, share. And I think there's a bunch of amazing things in there. And I can't wait to see how it continues to evolve and how PlayStation figures out how to support it, which is what it really needs to do. 
Yeah, Dreams is one of the ones that I kind of struggle struggled with on my on my list because like I have I have my top ten that I sent to Barrett and I have like another five that were honorable mentions that I was trying to figure out for those last five spots and figure out like okay what belongs what doesn't belong and Dreams barely made it in uh, for all the reasons that Greg said right like it's it's the evolution of play create share and I had such a great time in Dreams like I I can't. I can't overstate how good I think the the uh, original campaign that Media Molecule made for Dreams is. And that's like a two to three hour experience that I had a fantastic time with and reminded me of like what I like about indie games and what I like about uh, art games. Like it had, a, it had a, a lot of heart in it and I appreciate that. And so shout out to Dreams. Imran, mm-hmm. Genshin Impact. I figured I'd be the old, like, yeah, no, there's like... <laughs> A weird amount of affection I have for a game that I kind of hate. And like, <laughs> New games are cool. Yeah, like I, I enjoy that game. It is actually like a legitimate good Breath of the Wilds clone. But at the end of the day, the fact that the business model, which is not like egregious in this game, but egregious in general, like holds it back so much is what kept me from like putting it overly high on my list. It would also use you from understanding that like, or allows me to understand that nobody else put it on a list. Cause like you can fall down a hole of, I'm just not getting good characters and there's nothing I can do about that besides spend money. And then I ended up spending some money, but not enough to actually get good characters, which makes me think like, Oh, I'm like a fucking rube. Like this game is not like, I should not be liking this game as much as I do. So there's like, it's that dumb thing of, I understand this game is well-made. But just there's an aspect of it that just drags the entire thing down, which is I I don't when I started writing my list, I was like, Genshin Impact is here somewhere, but I'm not sure where. And I where I put it, like I put it like the lower end of it. But it's still a game I enjoy, but not a game I would ever recommend. It's it's a game that has, I think, a lot of things going for it. Cause I almost fell down that exact hole you're talking about of playing it when it first came out that first night and then like playing it a little bit the week after and then like saying bye to it and then coming back for it first imp- for first impressions and playing enough of it to go oh all right this is kind of fun and then like me kind of hitting that wall of like okay but i see where this is going and being like okay i'm mm-hmm. good uh but like there's enough there as, as far as like how good the art style is how good the how beautiful the the world is and how vast it feels when you're traveling around it the stuff that they take from breath of the wild and then uh reimagine in their own way that feels original that i really appreciate like a lot of stuff is is, is really well done and cool in ways that yeah if it got rid of some of the the free-to-play aspects or not even got rid of but like toned back some of the free-to-play aspects i could have seen myself like really getting into it the next one up is doom eternal Hmm. was i the only one that put this one yep man i love doom eternal i feel like doom eternal doesn't get enough love obviously because like it's very much an iterative game after doom 2016 um or doom 28 like fuck was it 2016 16 yeah why does it feel like that was forever ago? Um, yeah. Um, Doom Eternal, you know, I, I, I very much enjoyed that game for what it was in terms of like how much attitude it had as a Doom game, how, how, uh, how much energy it had, you know, from the soundtrack, from the, from the actual gameplay and all that stuff, how much it upped the ante in terms of every single element of Doom, Doom 2016. Uh, had a blast with it. I get why it's an honorable mention, but yeah, I had it in my top 10. Shout out to I it. I like that game. I didn't love it. And I think at the end of the day, like, that's what kind of kept it off my top 10 was, I think at the, I just wanted more Doom 2016. And Doom Eternal is, like, by definition, it's a better version of Doom 2016, but it's not more of that. It is, like, a more complex, more of a thinking man's Doom. It just 
wasn't exactly what I wanted. So it, like over the year, it kind of fell out of my headspace. I never really went back to it. But it was like a weird arc for that game where like it came out, critics loved it. Then people started saying like, no, no, this isn't what we want. Then towards the end of the year, it seemed like everybody loved it again. But it doesn't appear on any game, anybody's game to deal with. <laughs> so this next one, I got to be real. Huge shocker to me being on this list. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Mm. I would have thought that that would have at least yeah. gotten in at that like eight or nine spot. Yeah, Tim, I think you were the only one who voted for it. Holy Where shit. did you rank it, Tim? It was low. It, it was like in your was like low. it was like seven or eight or maybe even nine. Yeah, but uh, and that's just a testament to the quality of games this year because Ori yeah. is utterly fantastic. And you know, if you go back and watch our review of it, like our only criticism was it was buggy as shit and had a lot of yeah. like loading issues. If those are fixed, which they are now, it's like that game is utterly fantastic. And even with those things, we were still very, very high on it. It's just, you know, it wasn't going to be like a, a number one game of the year. Uh, but definitely give, give that game a shot. I've been thinking about actually replaying it on on Switch, even though the, the fancier version sounds. There's something about <laughs> laying in bed being able to play that I want to do. Um, but I listened to the soundtrack to that game like every couple days, and it's just... It is, it's a work of art that you get to play. And I think that as we go on in the generations of video games, like more and more of those type of art games have come to light, but I still think that there is something just special and wonderful about them. And, and, you know, Ori, I think is one of the best examples of merging atmosphere, gameplay and wonder into one package. I think context matters a lot in when we play a game and how we make these game of the year lists. And I think if Ori had come out in like November in the, the fixed way that it did, I think mm. we would have all been like, oh no, this game is amazing. Like we all do think the game is amazing. It's just a weird thing of like, it's hard to separate my feelings from the game, feelings of the game from how I played it. And mm. ultimately, like I I know I really love that game. And honestly, if I were making a very, very objective list of like the best games of the year, it would probably be on there. But I think it's a little too difficult for me to separate like, oh, yeah, it took like two seconds to pull up a map. And that was annoying as shit. Mm-hmm. Especially you have to bring up the map every so 30 times. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one. Bug snacks. Interesting. Yeah. I had bug snacks on my list. Uh, you know, of course, I'm married to a woman who worked on PR for it. So I would have been. No, I'm kidding. Of course, Jen doesn't influence <laughs> that decision. But I wanted to get that out there. I love bug snacks. You know, I mean, I when I built my list. I was, and I don't want to spoil other picks coming up or things that were excluded or not excluded and where other games will fall. But it was for me a come to Jesus moment in a way of like, if I'm trying to take this in a more, you know, analytical or what, I have to set my own um, rules, I guess, for why I'm putting things in there and why I can back a game. And Bug Snacks is a game that, you know, I platinumed and played through and enjoyed the entire way through and not only enjoyed the, cutesy jokes of it and not only enjoy found it to be a relaxing experience but also enjoyed platinuming it and also enjoyed chasing down every aspect of it and finding every secret to that game and i think while there were a lot of great games this year the ones that i wanted to be completely indebted to and do everything in were few and far between this next one must be an imran pick moon moon okay yeah no i i definitely knew this is going to be like the only person to put it there but i watched reb play this game and it is it's basically like proto undertale in a way that like toby fox has said he's never played this game and i think he's a fucking liar because there is just no <laughs> way he's ever never played this game it is so 
it's so clearly inspired everything about Undertale. Like it's just a completely non-violent RPG. It's like a if you were an NPC in Dragon Quest and you were just watching the hero just kill all these monsters, just going to like revive the monsters so they can go live a normal ass life that's not being killed by a hero. And like that is this entire story. And like it was such an interesting game because it's a 1997 PS1 game that was translated into English the first for the first time this year. And it's so weird and interesting and it does things that no other game does that are no other game besides Undertale because it completely ripped it off. But like <laughs> I I am so fascinated by just how this game existed for so long and it just this is the first time I've really ever heard of it. And like it even has like references to Mario RPG in super strange ways that like it when I saw this game, like usually when I make a top ten list for the year, the number ten spot is the thing that's like this game wasn't fun. But I fucking mm. like am in love with everything weird about it. Really and, quick, like, uh, uh, Tamora Hussein, uh, GameSpot's uh, editor, uh, managing editor. I forget his exact title. Tamora. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, sure. Tamora in the chat says yeah. <laughs> that Toby <laughs> Fox no one has to fucking give me his actual fucking title. Jesus. Toby I like, Fox I has played it according to you. November seventeenth. <laughs> November seventeenth, twenty seventeen. Toby Fox tweeted. I, I want to mention another inspiration for Undertale is a game called Moon Remix RPG Adventure. So he did. He has admitted it, Imran. Oh, you can okay. Take back, you can take I was going to say because, like, literally in the Blessing Show that's coming out on Thursday, I have a thing where I say Moon is inspired. Moon inspired Undertale, and I was like, "Fuck, do I need to go back and edit it." <laughs> it's like it's like when Swery was like, "I don't know what Twin Peaks is." After Deadly Premonition had come out, like, no, no, you're lying. It's it's fine hmm. to say you've seen it. It's inspiration is a broad tapestry. It's okay. <laughs> I love that Barrett straight up just pulled a Kevin. I've never heard him break that much. Because <laughs> well, I knew I was getting I, I knew I was getting his job title wrong and I figured Greg says it all the fucking time so I figured he would have like... Jumped. I don't think I've said it once. I think I say GameSpots. I usually just give people credit to where they work. So IGN's oh, Janet okay. Garcia. Well, not even okay. more. But, you know, GameSpots uh, Tamora Hussein. Yeah, That's I how you get lo- around it. I just loved it because you, you were just like you know, Tamora, uh, GameSpots uh, editor, managing editor, to more. <laughs> it was a great moment. Like, I, I thought you were going to go like Timor has also played this. And I was yeah. like, all right, cool. No. Yeah, according no. to Twitter.com, he's managing editor of GameSpot. Managing editor. There we okay. go. Well, yeah, he's in the chat. He said, yeah. What's all right, right, cool. Uh, we got before I forget. Greg Miller. That was one of mine, obviously. Yeah, and I knew that obviously this was a game I was just putting on my list. I put it at the ten number ten slot. Uh, it's a game that you know left a lasting impact on me. Obviously, uh, I've talked about it on this show. Uh, you know, uh, Alzheimer's has a personal connection with me from back when I was covering a whole bunch of different stories for the uh, Missourian and then the Columbia Daily Tribune back in my newspaper days. And so to find a video game that's from an indie that is a, a one you know one setting or I'm sorry one sitting indie game that goes through and gives if you have no context for Alzheimer's and then let alone i think we all have no context for what it's like to have that the way they confuse you as a player and the way you you know oh i go to the end of the hall i know where i'm going you open the door and you're back in the same closet you started at is a great way of like oh shit this is what it would be like to have this and trying to piece together this woman's story and what's going on of course is heartbreaking uh but i think it's really powerful to show what this disease is and so i thought it was something cool that needed to be on there and then the last honorable mention is uh, one that I teased out a bit last week, but Resident Evil 3 Remake. I'm uh, sure I was the only person to, to put it on oh. this list. But uh, yeah, like like I was saying last week, don't want to go on too long about it. But I, just, I think that this is a perfect example of we are so lucky that we are living in a world where video games are this plentiful and this high quality that 
something like Resident Evil 3 Remake is just kind of like, a, eh, it wasn't as good as the other one, so whatever. <laughs> but it's like, damn, no, it was actually, it was really good, and I'd, I'd love to get a lot more uh, games like that because it is just insanely impressive that we can get remakes that, like I was talking about earlier with Tony Hawk, that can, like, enhance the game so much for a, a modern experience. But still, a lot of issues with it. So, alas, I think it belongs in an honorable mention category. Can I give a couple of shout outs to games that I know for sure are not in the top? No, game? fuck you. No. This was basically we had a ranked system <laughs> blessing. All right. You had your chance. I, these games were in my top 10, but I took them out because I was like, nobody else is going to vote for these. And I didn't even know we we're going to do honorable mentions. And so I would have kept them if I knew. But uh, shout out to the Pathless and Sackway Big Adventure, which were like my nine and 10. Um, love those games. Good games. Uh, you know, I put Sackboy Big Adventure at number one on my list. So it has God 10 damn points. It. So it's no. <laughs> <laughs> So now it is time to get into Kind of Funny's top 10 official game of the years. <laughs> Let's now, start with number 10. Yeah, and, and just for the uh, these first two spots, because of like how voting uh, went, there's a couple, there's two ties. Ooh. Two ties. One is a three-way tie. Ooh, nice. three-way. Oh, big fan. Now, I, before we go any further, I have a question then, Tim. Yes. Do you want? Are we leaving them a ties? Are we going to do runoffs for just that one spot? So you either vote, you vote for one of them, and one game stays, and the other is eliminated. Even though technically, you know, it should move up or down or whatever. I don't want to eliminate it. I like keeping it there because it does belong there rightfully. But I'm okay. down to have the conversation between us where we we do decide which one is above the other one. Okay. They're still tied in the same spot, but we, you know, the listeners will know in our hearts where. where sure. The truth got is. it. All right. Number 10, Barrett, what you got for us? Three-way tie. Three-way tie. Among wow. us, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, and Fortnite. Is it Aegis? Aegis. Aegis. I don't know. What, Aegis. What, something. <laughs> I don't it's know. A I call it 13 Sentinels. It's fine. And Fortnite. I, I'm really curious. Like, I kind of want to do a roll call vote on this to see where people like put that. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Sure, yes. Okay, so like, if you voted for Among Us, where'd you rank it? Yeah. Got it. So all of these I games bet. were voted on once. I think they uh, all came in at like a, one of your certain like uh, like top five. Yeah, probably okay. like number five for all for each of us. Interesting. Yeah, Fortnite was number five on my list. So and Among Us was uh, number five on my list. Thirteen Sentinels for me five. There you go. That makes sense. Wow. Okay, there we go. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. that's all. Power of five. <laughs> Three way tie. Who wants to go first? I mean, I can go first because I feel like mine is the obvious one. Uh, like Among Us is a game that everyone played throughout the year. And uh, for me, it was a game that really helped me connect with people during this time at home. Like it was the most social game that came out this year in the way that I've had so many arguments and so many back and forths with people playing this game. Uh, you know, it's it's a cultural revolution. I don't know if that's like a, a, a an overstatement to say. But, um, you know, whether I was playing this game with the homies online or i was playing this game with siblings um or cousins like something about among us uh i feel like it's, it's, it's special from the idea that it is it is so culturally like unanimous is a thing that we're all engaging with this year that like playing with these different groups of people their own house rules that people are using and their, their own ways of playing which i found to be fascinating um but yeah aside from that like fun game had a blast with it one of my top five games had a top five time with it that's really all i have to say <laughs> Top five time, baby. <laughs> Had a top five time. <laughs> top five. Uh, Imran, you talked a lot last week about 13 Sentinels, but do you want to give any other shout out here? No, I think it's... I I stand by what I was in five is like the perfect place for it because it's an amazing story without a, like necessarily amazing gameplay. Again, perfectly fine, perfectly perfunctory. It is. It works for the game, but like that story, man, it 
it nests so many good plot twists in and of itself that like it's really easy uh to like dismiss it as sense but then we start dismissing a lot of like great sci-fi in her her times as just being anime nonsense too and i think like i'm not gonna say like oh man 13 sentinels is asimov-esque it's just a really really good time travel story and i hope people get a chance to like check it out and see it for what it is not not what they want it to be Mm, i definitely i definitely need to actually start it yeah that is a good first step (laughs) 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 and then greg motherfucking miller fortnite Another game yeah. that did not come out in 2020, making a tie at the top 10 list. doesn't matter. Don't be old. Don't be old, IGN. You oh, know, no, I'm, not. I'm, have just, I'm, I'm just making a fun observation. Among no, no, it's a, great, it's a great observation. I think, you know, as you, again, like, you know, to sit here and talk about, for me personally, games that resonated and I thought did a great job of, you know, defining the year or whatever i think fortnite's on that list once again because it did like i think fortnite's marvel season was incredible i think the way they followed it up here with this bounty hunter season and to have you know uh, uh grogu and uh the mandalorian and all these different people running around the black panther tribute and salute and all that jazz uh, all the tie-ins and gimmicks aside it's still fortnite it's still uh, you know the fact that this game continues to reinvent itself to pull people back in to be this strange game for me that you know i can take a year off from but then drop in and suddenly we're all back into it you know what i mean and i still you know uh, kevin's still slacking at night now asking for people to go play with him barrett you know has been been doing such a great job of going through and getting all his uh uh best car armor and stuff like that i got so into that marvel season yeah exactly (laughs) uh i think fortnite you know as much shit as people want to give it is an incredible game and continues to be incredible and continues to make uh really great strides so now we have to choose which one ranks above the rest. I would I mean, vote Among Us. Yeah, I'd feel comfortable <laughs> oh, wow. throwing my support up to Among Us, honestly. I was joking going to say Among Us is the obvious choice, but like... You I said it. I mean, it is. Among literally, Us, I mean, said, it was a phenomenon this year. No, yeah. literally you started your thing saying Among Us is the obvious choice. All right. Well, I'm like, obvious isn't like, it's obvious why I would choose it. for. Well, he's used to being know. wrong. Remember, he's <laughs> usually wrong about this. That's true. That's true. Y'all, I do have a lot of wrong opinions about Indiana Jones. Yeah, uh, y'all apparently. hear that shit about Indiana Jones today. I expected one of you to call in. I was disappointed. I, you did not scold or fire bless. When he I, didn't, I didn't even hear it. Well, I was on the road today. What happened? I've not uh, seen Indiana Jones, and I don't. And you, I don't want to. <laughs> to be you don't want to see signs, and you're watching it live Wednesday night, 9 p.m. with us. Don't forget. I didn't know that you don't want to. That changes everything because I also have not seen Indiana Jones. Okay, what? so I'm not okay. Thank you. Like, if you were going crazy, when I mentioned in the chat, people were going crazy. I've not seen Indiana Jones, and I'll, I, I'm, I'm of the perspective of, do I need to see Indiana Jones? Is it a must see movie? And that might sound I ridiculous because Indiana Jones, is Indiana Jones, but like. It's been how many years since that movie came out? Do we need to see every single movie? That Here's came the thing out is, the you just got off the fucking hook. The fact that Tim hasn't seen it. That's even more <laughs> egregious than Blessing not having seen it. Blessing's to, young. Tim's old. To, to, to get my thing there, it's like I, I've seen bits and pieces, many bits and pieces of the first three. And I've never seen anything about Crystal Skull. But uh, knowledge yeah. is their treasure. I'm excited to watch them one day. Maybe soon. Just Maybe saying, soon. in review, got to get Blessing in on that. <laughs> I would push uh, for uh, I don't know if we're like trying to order them up, but I would push for Aegis Rim right under uh, Among Us. Like Aegis, Aegis Rim is a game that I started and I thought was absolutely beautiful in the art style, and I was I really dug the writing, and I wish I played more of. Um, and like that th- that's a game where wherever I whenever I see people talk about it who have played through the whole th- whole thing, they're always glowing. 
Um, aside from like a few things here or there, right? Like I'll, I'll always bring up how the titties are humongous in that game. And I feel like get in the way of this serious story that they're trying to tell. Um, you don't know from- how big the titties in Among Us are, to be fair. They Great could point. be that's, huge. That's a good point. I don't think there Very are titties in Among Us. Point. <laughs> Maybe you can mod them in. Maybe there's like a little bunny. Oh, you definitely like, can. <laughs> mod. Imran, is your light on? Yes. Okay. It is just like, usually the window or the sun is a na- good natural source of light. No sun today. Gotcha. gotcha. I, I, feel like, I feel like his camera like suddenly got darker in like the last couple of minutes. I feel like Imran was brighter Wait, just a couple minutes. You know ago. what? My Yeah, my key, my key light turned off for some reason. Oh. There, there we go. go. Now we're back. Yeah, ah, baby. All right. Uh, Barrett, <laughs> hit me with number nine. Another oh. time. Fall Guys Ooh. and Yakuza Like a Dragon. <laughs> I love Fall Guys. I put mm-hmm. Fall Guys on my list pretty high. I think I had it at like number four. Yeah, so that, you were the only one to vote for Fall Guys, and then Imran was the only one to vote for Yakuza Like a Dragon, but you both had it so high that it uh, tied for ninth. Yeah, mine wow. was four as well. Oh, there you go. That makes a lot of sense then being tied. Uh, but yeah, I think Fall Guys is a phenomenon. I think at, at one point this year, it would have been even higher on my list um, where it's just like was such a phenomenon and I was so in it the, the season one. Once it got into season two and stuff, I kind of fell off and I feel like it just got a little too samey. Like the season lasted too long even with season one. I, got, I didn't get to 40, but I got to like 34 or some shit. Um, but the just the style of gameplay I think is phenomenal. I love platformers. I love Mario Party. You put those two things together with a little battle royale action, you're gonna have a good time. And Fall Guys was absolute proof of it. It's one of the games that I remember, you know, first seeing a trailer for it at, at something. Devolver Digital put out. I, I don't even remember what it was. It was a PAX or maybe E3 or something. Uh, but seeing the game, it was like, oh, this is gonna be awesome if they pull it off. And they pulled it off like that to me is my favorite bit of the whole thing is that fall guys is as fun as I thought it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like fall guys. Like it was a great game for like three days for me. And I was like, okay, after those three days, like, yeah, I got everything I needed out of this. It's not a bad game. It just didn't last for me. Fall Guys is on my, it's in my, I have, you know, my list going way well beyond top 10 and it's in there. It, right, right now it's number 12 on here, but it's like, could have gone up. It could have done a bunch of things. I enjoyed my time with it, similar to Imran. And like, once those first few nights, maybe even week of it, like, I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'm moving on to something else. I get it. It was a phenomenon. It is a great game. I'm with you, Tim, of if you remember at E3, what, 2019, I guess, I gave it one of my Game of the Show awards, and it was that, see if they can pull it off, and I was surprised that they did, let alone the fact that it blew up the way it did. It's a great game. So then, Imran, give us the pitch. Yakuza. I think I talked a lot about Yakuza last time, but, like, if Fall Guys is, like, a good couple of days... Yakuza is like several seasons of a good show that ebbs and flows. Like there are parts of that game that get real slow and real kind of actually kind of boring. And then they're like, suddenly it picks up in a way that's like, holy shit, I've got to play this for days. But my biggest pitch for Yakuza is that there's a business management mini game where every financial period, you have to have a meeting with the investors and argue them down from their complaints of like, you don't treat workers well enough or your profits could be a lot higher by using charisma scores. One of your employees can be a chicken. And when the chicken doesn't interrupt, them to tell them they're like to argue them off the sound is bagok 
and then like they will get like knocked out and suddenly like have parts flowing up and you can apologize by doing like a dogaza which is like the the head down bowing on the thing thing and like suddenly everyone will just be like oh yeah no he's making a good point at least they apologize and you'll win the investor meeting like say what you about any other game about 2020 nothing is quite like that <laughs> i when we were doing the Xbox preview program, played uh, Like a Dragon. And I think as you look at the list here, and as we get a little bit deeper and probably talk about stuff I didn't vote for because I don't feel like I played enough of it and it would be you know disingenuous to put it in there because of that. Yakuza is like, there's a whole bunch of games that came out this year, like Ori, that like I didn't play, but I know just aren't my type of game. And like I respect how great it is and yada, yada, yada. Like Yakuza is like the one that like I feel gnawing at me. And it's like that thing of like, when I beat Bloodborne and then I'll probably be on to Hitman, but like, am I, should I pick that up on Xbox? Do I just wait for March now and play it on PS5? Like for my trophies, of course, where do, where does it net out? But like every time Im- Imran posts something, cause there was one great one you put up, right? Where it's like, most games have you are the, the hero that saves the world. Yakuza like a dragon. And it was like the most mundane things that he was doing or whatever. And it's like, God, <laughs> the, I enjoyed the demo. We did so much. I'm ready to go in and get, you play the entire thing. Yeah. Blessing. I'm going to leave the vote to you. Which one makes it above the other? Fall Guys? Or oh, Fall Guys and Yakuza. Like oh, oh, that's like an impossible pick. Because they're like both probably... If I, were to, if I were to rank them in my list, they'd probably both be in that same place. Um, I'm going to go Fall Guys. I had, a, I think I had a more fun time with Fall Guys when I, uh, for what I played of it. Like, that's a game that I, I agree 100% with. Uh, you know, the things that y'all have to say about it. Like, you know, it was, it, was, it was a game that, even though felt like it was hot for only a few weeks, when I go back to it, I still have a fun time. Like, going back to it after we after they, uh, they've set up the, the private lobbies. Yeah, and, and like, getting playing to it what for the, the, were. the um, anniversary and stuff. Like, I yeah. actually, like, got back into it and, like, played, like, a bunch of Season 3 on my own and stuff. Yeah, and I remember my first time playing the game uh, during a preview, and like I think I would, or I, I think it was actually the beta uh, back in July. I remember playing it for the first time and being like, "Yo, this game is so fun that it's making me tear up about how fun this this is." You know, at times it's like <laughs> that's like a fucking like dark time in the in in the world, I should say. Like you know, playing that game and having that much fun immediately, I was like, "Wow, this is something special." And like it can it it continues to be something special, right? It's not as hot as it was when it first launched, but it still seems like it is hot regardless. And so. I'm gonna go fall, guys. I mean, it feels like a Nintendo game not made by Nintendo, and yeah, I, I'm always gonna love that. Uh, now it is time for number eight. Hey, Persona Five go, Royal. Wow, I already okay. know. I was probably the only one that had this on their list, and it was my number yep. one. Yep, and that's why uh, I was able to make it because it got so many points because it was your game of the year. Let's go, baby. I mean, what, I don't know what more I can say about this game because I feel like I've talked <laughs> about this game today. <laughs> Uh, it's such a good iteration on Persona 5 uh, proper like the thing everything that they added to Persona 5 in Royal felt like it either addressed the the, any issue that I had with the game or made the game special made the game better in uh, a number of ways and the characters that they added the story arcs that they added only uplifted the game entirely the extra smash that they added the new ending mm-hmm. uh blew me away and i loved it even way more than the original ending like they they really really went all the way with persona 5 royal and uh it was my favorite game i played this year yeah like the new the new content for for me like the base game ends in this like huge crazy kind of typical anime bullshit like uh you start off as high schoolers and then at the end of the the show they fight god kind of shit right and like Mm -hmm. what persona 5 royal does is like you still get like 
pretty much everything from the base game, but then they add this uh, kind of like extra content that brings the story back to being personal and uh, kind of uh, the ending of the base game was like uh, you against this God who's going to take the free will of the, the people and like kind of make them suffer and like kind of do their bidding and shit like that. But then kind of persona five Royal, like the new content and the new ending kind of flips it and is like, all right, like what if someone were to take away um, free will, but to but is doing that to try to make everybody live their best life and to make everybody happy? And like, what do the like? How do the protagonists feel about that? What do they do uh, to go against that? And if they go against that, and it just adds yeah. a lot more commentary that is way more personal, I think, to the main characters and ends in a way that like makes much more sense. Like, I loved the ending of the base game, and I was kind of scared for Royal of like, are they are they going to nail it? And like, I I can't imagine the persona story without the stuff added in royal yeah story wise and gameplay so was yeah and i echo everything barrett just said right in terms of the, the things that they've added thematically with the new stuff the way in which you have new characters and you have like added villains and all this stuff and i think the thing that makes the new stuff uh special is the fact that like in the base game you have this like objective toward the end of the game and like and it's like cool we know that we know good and evil here. Like we know how this is this is supposed to end. This is a, your typical uh, JRPG or anime storyline. We're by the end of it. Like everybody's superpowered and all this stuff. Uh, and with the added content, they I think they really pulled off the thing of shoot, man. I don't know who side I'm on with this argument because I can understand where everybody's coming from here. Even me as the player character, like I know I must I know what I must do, but part of me kind of doesn't want to do it because like. The the places where they take where, where they're taking this argument that they're presenting and the and the way in which they're kind of grinding it down and making kind of, make you kind of sit with it a bit is very compelling and very interesting and and was one of the few times in a game where I'm like fuck man I almost don't want to beat this because I like I I hear where everybody's coming from here uh, and even by the time you carry it forward and you carry it through and finish the game like the way they they follow up on that and follow up on and, and um pull pull on those strings continually even past that i think is just done very well again akechi is kylo ren done right akechi was like an, an okay kind of uh foil to the main character in the base game and akechi might actually just be the best character now in royal because mm-hmm. of the new story stuff let's move on to number seven hey hell yeah astro's playroom gotta say Lower than I expected it to be. I thought this one was going to be top five, but where'd again, you put it? Crazy ass year. I don't know. Oh, I, I, think, yeah, I, I, I put it at number six it, on it, my it, list. It accumulated like thirteen points in total. I think. Was it on everyone's list? No, no. it wasn't mine. It was on mine. I, I, I struggled with a little while trying to put it on my list, and ultimately, I think it just kind of fell short because, like, it's a. I think if they make a a actual real game out of this stuff, out of this base. That I think, oh, absolutely, Astro's whatever, Astro's sequel is going to be game of the year quality game. But like the thing, when I thought about it more, the the thing that appealed most to me was the really expertly designed PlayStation references and the music and the personality. But the actual game was like, you know, this is this is fine. This is not, you know, and I think maybe that would have changed if I had become like Jeff Grubb and just given my soul away to speedruns. But just chase the speedrun time over, yeah, and just over chase and that over. dragon forever. But yeah. no, I I think that was not me for me. So it was just a really nice game. But I I totally understand why everyone loves it as much as they do. 
Yeah, for me, it's I, I'm kind of in a, a different place than you, where I like how short of an experience it was, and I think that in opposition to something like Sackboy, uh, which I did not enjoy nearly as much as as Blessing does. How dare you? Uh, I, I feel like Astro <laughs> has the the style, it has the the music, it has the references and all that. Uh, it, but it's fun to control. It has that you know that 3D platformer magic where it just feels good. Um, and I liked the unique situations they they put you in, and I felt like it didn't overstay its welcome, and it's one of the few games I've ever platinumed, and I think that platinuming it was fun. Like, all the extra things 100%. you had to do kind of felt thought out and planned, and uh, on top of that, the fact that this game is free for all intents and purposes, uh, I think it adds up to a really killer package that I don't necessarily want more of. Like, I liked what it was. I mean, I'll, I, what, if they made something different, I'd be stoked about it. But uh, I liked it being a smaller experience that it wasn't just a never-ending platform-a-thon. Sure. Yeah, I thought top to bottom, Astro's Playroom is just fantastic. Like, I enjoyed it the entire way through. We platinum it as well. Didn't get into the time stuff like uh, Jeffy Grub Grub did. Uh, but, yeah, I, I loved the references, sure, and I loved that. But I also did love the platforming, and I did love trying to figure out where the puzzle pieces were, and I did love trying to crack what they were going for. And I thought when it was, you know, get into the, you know, s- sticky cup bouncy thing or get into being the monkey or get into any of the other little weird things you got into – even if I didn't love it, it didn't overstay its welcome. And I actually ended up enjoying it by the time it was over. Like I, I, you know, when I first started controlling the giant, like King Kong, it was like, eh, I don't know. But then by the end of it, I liked it. And when I had to come back and replay it for platinums and, you know, chasing down puzzle pieces, I wasn't annoyed by it, which I thought I might be when I first started it. Let's move on to number six. Spider-Man Miles Morales. The disrespect. It feels that feels right to me. I yeah. think I put it yeah. higher on my list, but I think for a, a group list, I think that you know, not top five makes makes some sense. I would say six or seven really makes sense because you know it is it is a fantastic game full of uh, obviously gameplay that we love and so many fun things to do. It cut all of the fat, I think, of Spider Man twenty eighteen. Hundred percent. It kept all of the things that we loved, story and character wise, but. I think he even doubled down and kind of did something in, in, incredibly fresh. Um, oh, you love to see it. The background right now, Spider-Man. Uh, it's hard to <laughs> see, but trust me, it is. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that it, you know, it's, it's a game that I think had enough content to keep me happy, but I, I wish I had more. And I feel like there is no amount of that game that would satiate my desire to play it because just swinging around is that damn fun. However, yeah. it is just kind of Spider-Man 2018 again. Which is kind of like, yeah, it's kind of why it didn't end up on my list. It's like, I was thinking about it and I enjoy that game enough to platinum it. Granted, it was also like, I don't know if this is the PS5's fault or the game's fault, but man, it was buggy as hell. Because as launch software, it just crashed my system like crazy. But like, I think ultimately I really enjoyed that game, but it didn't surprise me in any way. And that's kind of what I was mostly prioritizing not intentionally but like that's kind of what i was feeling this year was like the big surprises and miles morales was just like here is more like this is better than city never sleeps probably better than the original spider-man but mainly because it was more condensed and more like it was like mainlining spider-man versus you know cooking it but like (laughs) it it's a it was a really good game that 
I don't really have a good excuse for why it's not on my list. It just see, yeah, you're saying yeah. it's you know it's better than Spider Man. It trimmed all the fat of Spider Man, but like, and I totally get that. For me, it was number three. Like, I adored Miles Morales, and it's it's one of those that I'm going to platinum on PS4. Like, mm-hmm. I liked it enough that I want to replay it twice more, two more times, right? To run through and do because like. I thought Miles was great. I thought the story was great. I thought his supporting characters was great. I thought it was such a step. And I know we've done reviews, so I'm condensing the best I can. Uh, it was such a step up in terms of cinematography and pacing and everything else from Insomniac. Like, it has me so excited for more in the Insomniac Spider-Man universe. Not that that was, like, something I was – they announced Spider-Man 2 tomorrow without Miles, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't really care. But it's, like, anxious to get more content in there, and I thought they did such a great job with it. I yeah. think that, like, sorry, blessing. Uh, that what you just said right there actually kind of crystallized for me why it didn't appear on my list is while it, yeah, the compressing of the game really helped the gameplay. I think that bothered me in the story. I think there just wasn't enough time for anything to breathe. Like breathe. The, the second you see some characters, like whenever you see someone in a mask, either that scene or the next scene, they will take off their mask. I'm That's like, okay. I didn't get a chance to actually wonder who this person is, even though I obviously know because I've seen Spider-Verse. But, like, <laughs> it, it was so weird that, like, there was no mystery to any of that part of that game. Even though, It's not a mystery game, but it, I felt like I was being rushed through the story instead of like, giving it a chance to, like, live on its own. And yeah. I think that's maybe why it didn't hit as hard for me. That was my exact thing. Like, this game, the game is on my list uh, at, like, number 10. Uh, because, like, overall, it's a Spider-Man game, and I love Spider-Man. And if you put out a Spider-Man game, I'm going to enjoy it, and it'll probably end up as on, as one of my top 10 games of the year. But for, uh, Greg Miller, of kind of funny, yes? Yeah, but on the IGN review crew, you hated Miles Morales. Yeah, that's what I, I heard. I, that's what I heard. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I, don't know if that, I, don't, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I don't know you if hated that, it so that much that you put it as your number 10. I think I just had, like, the dissenting <laughs> opinion. I don't think I had a hating opinion oh, on man. the game. You know? like that's what it's the internet thinks. Oh God, no! Um, <laughs> but I, I definitely echo what Imran is saying because that was one of my that was one of my complaints with the game is that like the story felt to me comparable to just like an average Marvel movie where I feel like we all there, there's that thing that Marvel movies have where you get into it and it's like okay, cool, it's a villain. All right, I, this villain feels kind of underdeveloped, and it's like how did we get here? And they're making some leaps that I don't necessarily <laughs> know if we need to make. And then you like get into certain other characters, and it's like okay, this side character is awesome. Wish they're a bit more fleshed out and like. I had a I had a lot of that with with Miles Morales, um, but the thing that does elevate it for me is the style and is, is the flavor and is yeah. uh, the music, the soundtrack, the uh, different vibe that I feel like New York has through the lens of Miles Morales as compared to the lens of through the lens of Peter Parker. Like it does feel like you're getting two different distinct New Yorks, which I think is a very uh, cool thing that they were able to pull off in a very awesome way. Um, and so yeah, overall, like I think I think there's a perfect spot for Miles Morales on our list. Uh, But before we get into our top five, I want to tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Honey. These days, it feels like online shopping is the only shopping we do. And that's where today's sponsor, Honey, comes in. It's the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically tests them when you're checking out. It's awesome. I've been using it for years. You literally just install it once. It's so easy. Just a couple clicks, then it's there. Then anytime you're shopping online, whether it's a site like Best Buy or a site like Etsy, anything in between, when you go to check out, Honey will automatically just apply the best coupon codes to make sure that you're saving money. I have saved thousands of dollars this thousands of dollars using this over time um i absolutely love it it's great kind of funny uses it everyone at kind of funny uses it it's it's honestly ridiculous if you're not using it it's just a free way to save money and you don't need to do anything it's simple if you have a computer honey should be on it go to joinhoney.com slash kinda 
so they know that we sent you. Joinhoney.com slash kinda to get it for free today. Absolutely free. Joinhoney.com slash kinda. Next up, shout out to Upstart. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Uh, my friend did this and it was really, really good for him to be able to just consolidate all of his debt into one place to focus on it. And now he's debt free. All thanks to Upstart. You can get approved the same day and can receive funds as fast as one business day. If debt's taking over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. Uh, you can find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash kindoffunny. That's upstart.com slash kindoffunny. Uh, don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Upstart.com slash kindoffunny. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. One more time upstart.com slash kind of funny and finally of course shout out to hymns uh you know the thing about ed is it's something nobody wants to talk about but it affects so many different people again one of my really good friends has some issues with this stuff and hymns has been there to help uh for hymns.com is all about men's wellness if you need help with ed hair loss or if you just have a cold uh interested in mental health covid19 home test hymns is here for you uh, through Hims, you can get prescription medication that treats ED, real science, real solutions. Uh, Hims makes it easy. They connect you with a licensed medical professional online who can prescribe FDA-approved prescription medication to treat ED. You get the same active ingredient as the expensive little pill, but without the expensive price tag, and that's fantastic. It would cost hundreds of dollars if you had to go through a doctor or pharmacy. Not so with Hims. Hims makes it simple and affordable without any embarrassing conversations. Uh, why live with ED when the solution can be so simple? Try hymns today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash kind of funny for your free visit. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash kind of funny. Forhims.com slash kind of funny. Prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and require an online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. You can see website for full details and safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash kind of funny. Number five. Oh, oh fuck shit. you guys. Fuck you guys. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. I well, so it's Animal it Crossing higher. New Horizons for, for audio listeners. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, now, now it's in, Greg said something, and now, now I'm starting to scheme and think about this. And I think Greg has taken Fall Fantasy 7 out of the running of being possible to, to be that high. Uh, mm. because I'm trying to do the math on where Greg's list goes. So this is all getting Imran's getting the fun. one who wanted to start getting shit. Spicy. Imran's the one who wanted to start shit. I assure you, you, I bet Final Fantasy Remake is still coming. It might even be next. Oh, it's definitely coming. It's definitely, oh, it's definitely on the definitely. list. You're just talking but, Game of the Year or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh okay, my apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, enough of that. Animal Crossing, Greg Miller. Well, first off, who had it on their list? I did. Okay, Greg and Imran. Get some taste blessing, Tim. You're supposed I to be played the Nintendo five hours. Guy. I fell asleep. Because oh, you're such really a great. piece of shit. Oh, I fucking you're hate you. God. I will say, it, 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 like, falling asleep to it, I wouldn't uh, be surprised by if I ever played it. Because the music, I will shout out. The music is, is so good. It's so good, yeah. and it's so relaxing. It's so yeah. relaxing. The fact that you can fall asleep to it is, I think, why I love that game. I yeah. never like, fell asleep to Doom Eternal. I mean, sure, but Doom Eternal was, like, honorable mentions and not number five. But, like, <laughs> Animal Crossing is, like, music-wise. It's it's the 2020 game. It is like it came out right around quarantine. It just basically like I think a lot of 
a lot of that game's virtues kind of got erased by the fact that everyone's just at home playing it. But I, it's this like little microcosm world where nothing is wrong, where we can all just kind of enjoy the fact that there's nothing to worry about besides getting enough fish or getting enough bells to pay off a, a loan that isn't due forever. Or I just, I'm never going to pay off my last loan. Screw it. They can, Tom Nook can wait forever. I do not have to give him that money. Uh, it's like when I couldn't see people, it was a place to like hang out. And it still is. Like I, I hung out with Reb to watch the Aurora Borealis in like a small little part of our island. I played musical chairs with people in that game. Like there is, it has a quality that no other game is ever going to have. And like even straight ripoffs aren't going to have that level of like, heart because one of the things that is amazing about this game or not necessarily amazing but notable about it is that this comes from a like large corporation and yet it has this much heart and at the end of the day i think for me it was number three so i'm not i don't think it's game of the year but i do think it is the the game of 2020 the one that defines it and the one that mitigates it the most yeah, for me, Animal Crossing was number two on my list that I submitted for Barrett. And uh, I just think the game's incredible. And I think it, for everything Imran just said, and I think, you know, the biggest knock people give to it is, like, oh, it's more Animal Crossing, which is true, but of course. But as somebody who's played so many Animal Crossings, like, this one does so much right and does it so well. Not the travel system of going to your friend's house and all that shit and how bad the online is and yada, yada, yada. And there's plenty to de- load times. There's plenty to talk shit about and pick apart. But, like, it is a game that is pretty much all I played on Switch this year. Like, even turning on the Switch to play something else, I would dip into games and try them out and be like, cool, but I'm on my Switch. I really should be, and I'd jump back to Animal Crossing and fuck around with it. And now as they continue with the seasonal events, jumping back into it and going in there and trying to, you know, have a reason again to turn it on every day to get in Halloween, get my pieces of candy to give Jack, uh, you know, in the build up to Christmas, get stuff there, even right now still in winter to go through and do it. Uh, It's been awesome to see the legs on it. But yeah, it's been such a piece of comfort food it has been such a zen garden in a video game way of you know some of my favorite memories of this quarantine right are when it dropped and it was tiger king and it was you were binging something on netflix while i just fuck around with different paths and i fuck around with what i want to plan and what a big deal it was when uh the sloth from earth day showed up right for the first time and we were able to get new shrubs and all this other stuff like Animal Crossing is so heartwarming and such soul food. It is something I needed so bad in 2020. Number four. Knew Ghost it. Ghost of Tsushima. Greg Miller, you want to take this one? Sure. Hey, everybody. It's me, Greg Miller. This is Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I put this at my number four slot, so this is right on the money for me. Uh, I mean, Ghost of Fantastic Game. Uh, as you know, I think in the way we talk about or the way I talk about all the time, uh, Horizon and Gorilla, and how having followed Gorilla forever, it was awesome to see, uh, you know, Killzone, something a lot, people were like, that's not for me and didn't pay attention to, to see Gorilla get a shot to be Horizon and really turn people's heads. Same thing here, where I think I connected so hard with Infamous, obviously, as everybody knows, but for Infamous Second Son to have been pretty in the launch window of PlayStation 4 and be oh that's an okay game right that was like they didn't get all of that you know what i mean that was a a double when they wanted a home run for sucker punch to go back to the drawing board come out with ghost of tsushima do this you know when everybody wants assassin's creed samurai game to deliver that and have it drop right after last of us which i think in so many different ways worked for and against it where i'll never forget turning it on it was you know we got it like the i think while we were finishing last of us we got ghost and to put ghost in and have jen walk in and go oh my god their faces and i'm like 
yeah, but remember, this is an open world. This isn't like supposed trying to be Last of Us. And to get deeper and deeper into that game and find Ghost's style and its art and its colors and its music and its characters and to layer all that on. And, you know, to really, for me personally, really dig Jin and really dig the story he was on and what we were doing and the, the environments all having their own things, let alone leveling up and going from being a fumbling samurai to being the ghost and being this assassin and being able to go in and you know take on 30 guys at once you know like batman begins and not break a sweat and feel awesome and have these amazing duels and the way it would cut and frame and cinematography like i think ghost is a work of art yeah i'm right there with you it was in my uh it was in my top three like i totally adored ghost and i adored it even more once i even got to ghost of shima legends and i think that was the thing that hit for me where i realized how truly fun the gameplay is even removed from it being an open world uh because like playing the playing the base game right like i really dug ghost of shima and going through the open world i found was fun but i hit that point where i was like okay this is definitely an open world as open world game where i'm doing the checklist stuff and stuff is repeating okay cool now i'm like kind of pittering out, out on it when legends hit and i and i got to interact with that game in a way that was okay yeah you're going mission by mission you're playing with friends you're doing raids and all this stuff and you're doing survivals and all, and, and all this stuff uh i found that game had new life that i didn't realize that it could have and like you know from from gameplay i had a blast with it from style greg mentioned like that game just has such a strong style to it that i really appreciate um and like those two styles that it has between base game and legends are both distinct and still very cool in a way that i very much appreciate like that game went above and beyond uh uh what i what i even i think thought it was going to do when we were first leading up to it in a way that like kind of kind of came unexpected even when i got my hands on the game because i had that i had that same arc of uh beating the last of part two you know seeing that game is like such a masterpiece in tech and facial animation and all that stuff and then moving on to ghost shima and being like all right this looks kind of ugly but then as i kind of settled into that game um and as i kind of like understood what ghost of shima was because i i think at first i was kind of thinking of it to be a all right this is going to be like a soulsy sekiro combat game with breath of wildish open world all right let's see how this goes and playing it and kind of realizing that no it's basically a samurai assassin's creed with a very awesome style uh the more i got to dig into it the more i appreciated that and the more i had fun with that and so shout out to ghost shima yeah it was for me it was a number six and like when that game came out i was like okay this is it, this is Assassin's Creed and in a more open world things without big cities or anything like that. And like, that's cool, but it's been done. And then the more over the year I thought about it and like talked to people and like played a bit more myself and played a bit of Legends, I was like, okay, wait, actually finding the things that work about an old get, an old idea and like the, like the, what's the word I'm looking for? Making that come down to like the, the exact points you want is, that is also artistry that it's like there is a lot of skill in making those things palatable and fresh for a modern audience and i think that's what ghost Shima does incredibly well is that it takes all this these ideas that are a little you know old at this point but it's like it's inspired by them rather than copying them full whole and that is it makes for a better game in the end so now it's time for the final three before Pretty we hard. go, before we start, do you want to make predictions on what it's going to be? Yeah. All right, cool. Because I, I, I think it's going to be, it's really questionable because it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know, right? I'm so I think excited for you guys to find my, out. Oh, that makes me think that I, I don't know what it is. Okay. Shit, fuck. I think it's going to be Hades, Final Fantasy, Last of Us, but I could easily see Hades, Last of Us, Final Fantasy. 
I think Final I would... Fantasy is going to be number three. And then it's going to be... I don't know what's going to win between Hades and Last of Us. I think one of those two is going to be number one. I think Hades is number three. I, I think... I think Hades 3, FF7, 2, Last of Us 1. Me too. There we go. That's what I think. Nope. Hades, no. baby. There you go. What a goddamn video game. <laughs> loving it. Still loving it. Every single time I play it, it's just such a damn joy. It's fun. I love when video games are fun. They're often not fun enough. Hades is one of the most fun video games I've played in a very long time. And I was saying this last week, but I just, I love how any variation of a loadout I'm enjoying and I'm never bummed about something. I'm always like, okay, cool. This is what I want. You know, this yeah. is, this is fun for me right now. And it has just the right amount of customization without it being overbearing. And the characters are fun. The look of it obviously is awesome. And it just, it moves. It moves so quickly that it's like you don't even have time to, to worry about the things that you might not absolutely love about it. Hades was my number one. And I was, we talked, I think we're probably going to have the conversation more as this podcast goes on, but about the idea of moving video games forward. And I think Hades probably does that for me better than any other game this year. Because roguelikes are a, roguelikes and roguelites are a very common genre in the indie space. Like there's honestly way too common, way too many of them. But no, like not enough. <laughs> Hades, Hades <laughs> is like this great thing that it it baffles me. Nobody ever thought of is how do we contextualize this stuff better? How do we make it a narrative around the fact that you're going to die over and over again? And like, how do you incentivize like that weird part between runs where you're preparing again to actually go like talk to people to make new items to like fix curtains in a room or something? Like these are things that like Hades. It may sound like a small bit, and it it sounds so small, it sounds like they've done nothing at all except for, like, added some window dressing, literally window dressing in some of the stuff. But it's what incentivizes you to actually make that next run because yeah. you do get a breather, but that breather feels good, and the actual action feels good. So it's not just, like, one part is, like, less than the other. It's these two parts working in, like, perfect harmony. And I can see why, like as opposed to Bastion, Transistor, and the rest, why they actually put this one in early access, because there's just so much fine-tuning to get done to, like, how do we make these things work in harmony? And the fact that they managed it, the fact that they did it, speaks, one, incredibly of their talent, but two, of the fact that they they thought of something in a way that should have been thought of years ago, and it just blows me away that it wasn't. Dude, totally. I put it as my number three, because I do think that at the end of the day, for as incredible as it is, it is lacking something for me for being game of the year. And and maybe that is just scale and scope, but uh, it's a fantastic video game. But I, I'm happy where it's at right now. Yeah, Bless I totally you, adore the game. Anything else to say? Like, I, I just want to shout out how good the game looks and sounds. Like, aesthetically, I think the game is fantastic. The art is obviously super giant. And so, like, we understand what they can do we've seen their games before we know how how uh, uh transistor looks and sounds like but hades hades i think goes even further in in terms of nailing that and making me and so many other people right like fall in love with these characters and really get acquainted with okay yeah no hermes is this person over here and this is why i like mcgarris and this is why i like hades and this is why uh you know i like each and every each and every character in the game right there are so many different great personalities in the way that they're able to shine both through the writing the voice acting and the art itself 
I think is 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 just so well done. And and yeah, it does the thing. It does. It is a very excellent uh, roguelite in the way that it's designed. And I think that is definitely a thing that should be shouted out because I'm a person that really enjoys the genre. There's such a push pushback in general when it comes to roguelites, which I don't necessarily understand fully because I feel like roguelites are just an evolution of arcade games where you're playing something over and over again. But in roguelites, a lot of the time you're having progression stay with you. And so that makes it even better. Like that's the thing that I lo- love about them. Uh, and Hades did the thing that Emron is saying, right? Where it went the extra mile and really tied that in narrative, narratively uh, and made that loop extremely interest, interesting and so shout out to hades definitely and now it's time baby what is number two oh, oh, buffalo blast God damn it. good job good job good <laughs> job here. that's a good one i like where you had that <laughs> sorry guys that, that, oh. my bad my bad wow. Oh, wow. Wow. holy shit wow oh. wow oh. Audio listeners, The Last of Us Part Two is number two. <laughs> Guess what? I started some shit. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Did you not even rank it? No, it's number nine. I got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh yeah, my yeah, god, yeah. Uh, it was number one for me. It was number one for me. <laughs> it was number four for me. There you go. There you go. Whoa! <laughs> the Last of Us oh, Part shit. Two coming in at number two. Yeah. So I am to to break baffled. it down. So let's see. Blessing it had it at number four. Tim and Greg had it at number one, and then Imran had it at number uh, nine. nine. Uh, in total, mm-hmm. its point uh, the points it got was twenty nine points. Wow! Wow! I'm gonna I'm so gonna I, be curious, Barry. By the way, what number one gets when we get there? Yeah, yeah. I want so, I want point totals for number yeah, one for yeah. sure. What do you guys think number uh, one's gonna be? <laughs> I think I I'm gonna get half life, Alex. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I think uh, DBZ Last, of two, what a, Last of Us Part Two. What a phenomenal game. You know what yeah. I mean? I thought I, I've I, we've talked to death. You know, it's how many things. I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, from voice acting to music to gameplay to environments to graphics to you name it. I think the game's incredible, and it's such a definition of a Greg Miller game of what I want out of my video game experiences. Like I can't get enough of it. Yeah, I. I think that somehow Last of Us 2 is underrated because I think <laughs> that it is so fucking phenomenal. And there are so many people that I know that like I, I often bring my friends up when I'm talking about video games and their experiences because so many of them are much more casual. And that doesn't necessarily mean they don't play games at all. Like a lot of these people, like my friend James Burke, Platinum's games left and right, which is crazy to me. Um, but his experience with last of us two i thought there was going to be no chance he was going to like it uh after playing one because he loved one and he, he takes like certain things happening to certain characters very seriously and like he no matter the quality of the star wars sequels the fact that han solo died <laughs> he was never gonna like <laughs> like he's just like fuck this this is bullshit like i'm out and it ru- ruins his experience it's a testament to the quality of last of us two that James Burke prefers it over the first game because the story is just that damn good. The game is just that damn good. It takes everything that made Last of Us 1 special and somehow turns it up even more when it was already so good. Last of Us 2 is fucking phenomenally special to me. I can't wait to see what HBO uh, ends up doing with with their Last of Us show because I think that that also can be something that is that is phenomenal when we're dealing with what, at the end of the day, is a zombie video game. Right. Like, I think that what Last of Us can do in 2020 uh, in terms of taking the ideas of 
what are zombies and still making it cool, still making it fresh, making us care so much about these characters, let alone the fact that, you know, we always talk about the context of when we're playing games. We played Last of Us 2 in the middle of a pandemic. I think that that is something that uh, a lot of people don't vibe with. I very much did. And now, yeah, I think for, for me, the thing I, I adore about Last of Us is how well it justifies itself as a sequel and how much mm-hmm. it, it really took what Last of Us 1 set up and... Uh, piggybacked off it in a way that felt both true to that game, but also felt, felt very original for what 2 is and what it did with his characters. Because that was my biggest fear going into it, was that I love Last of Us 1 so much, and I'm, I am I wouldn't have thought Last of Us 1 needed a sequel, or could have used a sequel. And the way in which in the sequel, they were like, alright, cool, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna do these characters justice, we're gonna take these characters and evolve them, uh, and really take, take some of the themes of Last of Us 1 in order to inform what the sequel is gonna be. But really, like, made itself his own and introduced new characters that feel just as true to the series as characters from one. The way in which they went, for, they went for it, uh, I think, truly speaks to how well they're able to write over there at Naughty Dog. Yeah, I, I'm going to write a line here because, like, I think people are going to be like, "Oh, Imran hates Last of Us too," and that's like why he's, you know, whatever. But if I hated still, it, I would have put it on the list. Put it on your list, exactly. Yeah, I put it on nine, and like, the thing about Last of Us Two is, I really love about half that game. And then there's a point where it just broke. And, like, that point is, I think, obvious to anyone who's played the game, and I don't think I'm going to spoil it. But, like, I think a lot of what I was attaching to that game was not nostalgia for Last of Us 1, but a desire to fill out the thematic, like, the thematic event of the story and see those to a thorough end. And, like, it's not that the game didn't have closure. It's that... I think the game went too far for me in not, like in trying to rub the lack of closure in my face. And like by the time I got to the Rat King, I was just I was done with that game. Like I mm-hmm. I played through the rest of it, but like mentally I was just like I'm not having a lot of fun at this point and it just kept going for another like 4 hours of that after that. So, I really liked the Last of Us 2. I really like half I think half of it is a game of the generation, but the rest of it just didn't do it for me. And I wish it had I in no at no point do I relish the fact that it didn't, and I I really looking forward to whatever they do next with the same I like I doubt what I doubt they stay away from the Last of Us universe forever. Whatever they do next, I hope that it hits better for me because I love Last of Us one. And I I love I love one and a half Last of Us games. I guess I should say. <laughs> well, now <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying it. Kind of funny. He's <laughs> game of the year. Is Final Fantasy VII <laughs> remake? Holy hell, man! I, I I can't say I'm mad. Can't say I'm mad. You can't no, be mad. What a great game, Final Fantasy yeah, VII remake what a, is. What a fantastic game! It has some issues, definitely course, yeah. some some pacing situations, and and I, I do think that the end game content is is severely lacking. I would have wanted to play the game more than the game oh, allowed yeah. me to. Essentially, um, like give me some type of arena that isn't limited to like 10 matches and that's it yes but um man i it is such a success we've talked about it so many times on the different shows that like i can't believe they took something as beloved and and that has so much meaning to me personally and then completely turned it on its head in some ways but followed down the path in in a way that's i think even clearer than the original vision uh to just be fantastic and uh, the, the point that i'll always bring up is i can't believe they added a third girl into my love of Eva <laughs> Harris. And then, oh, we stand Jesse. We stand J- Jesse, man. And it's just like that is Final Fantasy is about story. It's about 
characters and final fantasy 7 in particular uh needs those things to to be awesome and when you get to red 13 it's like they're doing it they're fucking doing it and i'm fucking here for it this is so cool uh but i also think it's crazy that none of us voted this number one yeah so do you want the y'all want the breakdown here of like, yeah, yes, the reason this was number one was because it was the most consistently voted game. Three of you had it at your number two with, uh, I think it was Greg who had it at number seven. Number seven. Yes. Yeah. And so nice. because Perfect. like Greg and Tim had Last of Us Part Two uh, at number one, but then Blessing and Imran had it much lower. And uh, what was it like? Hades was also like really inconsistent, like where it was placed. Because Final Fantasy VII Remake was so consistently uh, voted on as number two, the vote was essentially split, and Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, wow. came out on top. I figured chance. I figured there was like blessing. We were talking on the stream like about the idea. Like I think maybe FF Seven could just kind of sneak in that way. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm 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 delighted. Honestly, it, it like, beat it out my Last of Us Part Two by two points. It got thirty-one in the end. Oh, jeez! Wow, just very close. Yeah. Tim, I remember uh, 2019 New Year's. I it was at your desk, and we were talking about Final Fantasies. You're like, no, FF7 is like my favorite. I was like, no, well, for 10. me it's FF6 because that's oh, you said 10, right? Yeah, right. But seven's so me, right behind it. Yeah, for me it was six. And then like I after playing this, after thinking about it over the year, I think it actually straight up might be seven. And like remake did that interesting thing of i was looking forward to this game i was sure like it was going to be at least some degree of quality i did not expect to fall in love with it i did not expect to be like when this when the credits rolled no i because i was the first one to finish it when you texted me about it and i was like holy shit like i cannot believe like for a final fantasy 7 fan this is a hell of an experience for a non-fan this is a hell of an experience but like I figured I would like it. I didn't figure that I would love it, that it would be like among their, my, like one of my favorite games of generation. And that like, that it's not perfect. I think kind of reinforces that for me because they're just, there are parts that drag. There are parts I don't like, but the parts that hit hit so hard for me that I just, I will probably in my gaming career, not forget how I felt at the end of this game or how I felt during that Genova fight or, or like hell house. <laughs> Yeah, or oh Hell, my God. Hell, Hell House is like one of the highest highs in that game. It's dope as fuck. When Hell House happened, I literally took a picture off my TV and DM'd Reb, who had never played FO7 up to that point. Or she played a little <laughs> bit, but she, didn't play, she never saw the Hell House. I was like, oh my God, you don't understand why this is so amazing. But let me tell you, this is so amazing. And like, I think that was the night crystallized for me. Like, this game is made by people who love this, love Final Fantasy VII as much as I do. And they love. They love it so much they're willing to tear it apart. And I think that is something that appeals to me personally, that the idea of we revere this thing so much that we can't make the thing, we can't make the exact remake you that we would want to make, so we're going to make something new. And that speaks directly from my heart. Hell yeah. yeah, you know, it's I have no uh, uh, affinity for Final Fantasy, uh, the original. Like, uh, I've never beaten a Final Fantasy. I've started a whole bunch of Final Fantasies, including Seven, uh, the original, and totally fall out of them. They just don't click for me. They don't do it. So Remake was such an interesting thing of, like, I liked in Final Fantasy fifteen the battle system of it, right? Like, I liked the action-y gameplay of it. And I remember Tim and I talking so much about, like, even when we got hired to do the Final Fantasy re- fifteen reveal event, 
I remember they, them distinctly wanting me and Tim, and I was like, that's cool. I'm not a Final Fantasy guy. And they, their whole point was like, no, this is a game we think can get non-Final Fantasy fans and Final Fantasy fans. And while I liked the combat of it, like uh, the story just didn't stick, and I bounced so early on that game. And so for 7, you know, Remake coming into it, I was interested by that, but afraid of the same thing. And the way they made me care about everybody, the way they gave me a story that kept me interested in characters that kept me going and then a gameplay loop that I really enjoyed and a combat system I really fucking dug. Like I remember texting Tim and being like, dude, I'm fucking in. And I remember how excited he was that I couldn't believe I was it. in on this. Yeah. I thought you were fucking with me. Like, <laughs> like legitimately. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, but I, I want to give a shout out to the Airbuster fight. Cause like, yeah. that is the moment for me that like we, me and Bless got to play in the preview yeah. event that when that happened and the music kicks in with the, 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 the remix of Still More Fighting that's playing is so undeniably perfect and such a good representation of how good this remake is and what this remake means, like what it means to remake Final Fantasy VII, which is to perfectly capture all the emotions and, and you know experience that we had, but enhance it up to a bazillion with choirs and guitars and fucking just sheer insanity for something that, like everyone was saying last week, was just a boss fight it's not like <laughs> Genova. it's not like this is an iconic battle but it it is now iconic it is now something it's like that shit mattered so much because it was it was core and final fantasy 7 remake makes things matter more in final fantasy 7 and i will always appreciate it for that yeah, I came at the game from the uh, same perspective as Greg, where I tried a bunch of different Final Fantasies, and I just fell off each and every one of them. And I always had friends that loved Final Fantasy VII, and I always kind of wanted wanted to understand that love, but I just didn't have it. Uh, and I had started Final Fantasy VII a bazillion times through emulators and ports and all that stuff. Uh, and when Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, came out, or when we got the codes for it to start playing... Um, and even actually, I guess before that, even when we had, when we did the the preview build, right? Like I was, I that's when it started hitting of wow, this thing actually seems pretty special. And this thing actually plays very well. And oh man, this is stylish. Uh, actually getting our hands on the on the game proper and getting into it and experiencing those characters and, and experiencing these different story moments where for me, like having, having, having not played through the original Final Fantasy VII that much, you know, getting past the points where I, where I had played in the remake, uh, I wouldn't have realized that like, Certain certain things that they dwell on in the remake and certain scenes that they really uh, uh, stick through and make emotional and create an impact with were, th- were things that were barely thought of in the original game. That's the thing that blew me away as I went back to play the to play some of the original and, and, and get that context of the story. Um, and so, like in remake, the 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 scene where like, and I guess this is slight spoilers for the very beginning of Final Fantasy VII, uh, but like you know the part where the plate fall or plate fell. Like I remember how I felt in that moment playing remake and being like, wow, like they're they're really doing this thing that feels real and feels serious. And seeing Barrett's reaction and seeing Barrett try to figure out like, oh, where's my daughter? And, yeah. and going mm-hmm. through all those mm-hmm. motions, such there's such power in. Is. Still wondering where she is. <laughs> there's, there was such power for me in not only how good the writing was, but how good the performances were for characters that are very cartoony in nature. Like these are anime characters. Like these are characters that do not have like it's not it's not it's not Last West. It's not uh, uh, like uh, Ghost of Tsushima where you have that facial capture and you have these characters that are emoting in that way. And Final Fantasy VII remake with these exaggerated characters that are living in this ma- world filled with magic and ridiculous shit. I felt the emotion <laughs> on Barry's face in a way totally. that I just wasn't expecting. And that hit me. Like, I, 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 I found that so good. 
and that's the thing again for you know being there like i was came out of that so like oh man barrett's awesome and talking to you guys about it we we're like no barrett actually you know was kind of a joke in the first game and he didn't have that kind of range and it was like oh my gosh like that's incredible that they really redefined this character let alone make jesse a character i would have if you would you know if i would have done an exit survey leaving the game i would be like oh clearly jesse was like a main character in the original right <laughs> like fuck no like jesus she was so good in this right like everything they do so well done i also want to say like I really love the battle system in this game. Like literally oh, yeah. as like, they don't exploit it until hard mode, but hard mode is like such a good emphasis on like, Oh, these are all puzzles. You have to solve every one of these puzzles. Mm-hmm. Every individual mm-hmm. fight is like a different thing that like towards the end of getting the platinum, my hands started really hurting. And there was a point where I was like, now I'm just going to keep playing. Like I, just, I don't <laughs> care that my hands hurting. I enjoy this game Hell too yeah. much. Hey, Rod, can you imagine if I were to go back in time? to june 15th 2015 after e3 when at the playstation e3 conference they announced this and i were to whisper to you one day you're not gonna be a game informer you're gonna be a kind of funny <laughs> and final fantasy 7 remix is gonna be our fucking game of the year <laughs> it would have been unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> who the fuck are you get away <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the most ridiculous thing possible of like, like even because back then Square like they had such a bad reputation. Like totally. I didn't like fifteen. I I thought it was like merely okay at best. I did not. FF seven honestly makes me confident in Square of being like, oh shit, they can make game of the year quality games. And literally, here is the proof: they made a game of the year right mm-hmm. here in a year where like Naughty Dog put out a game, Nintendo put out a, a major game. Like there are so many great games, and Final Fantasy seven is the one we chose as game of the year. Yeah. I, I just Beautiful. can't believe it. And a year after Kingdom Hearts 3, we got this. <laughs> How? Is that right? Was it two years? From, I don't even remember. Yeah, that, 2019. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. was like yeah. when I started working at Kind of Funny, I remember. Either From way, the it's same just unbelievable. Director. Yeah, like the, the level of quality <laughs> difference there is just unbelievable. But yeah. everyone, here it is. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Kind of Funny's Game of the Year 2020. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. What a Can't shock. wait to see what Andy has to say in the fucking comments this year. His <laughs> <laughs> bloodborne. No, he, he's just, just going to do a really long one about like how control is somehow still this game of the year. Still the game he's of the year. Just, yeah. clown. <laughs> if he gets on the bloodborne train, I might, I might join him because bloodborne. Oh man, that's a good game, right? Right, good guys. Good Very game. good game. Uh, we are about to do the Patreon exclusive post show where we will be doing this year's first. Bless who. Ooh. 